Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to an edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name is Graham, and joining me as always, uh, more track limits than Esteban Ocon, it's Luke Holmes. <laughs> Hi. Hi. What's... I wish I, I wish I got to see the track limits, Graham, but apparently on the highlights... They were just telling me one person had got a penalty, and then it had skipped forward 10, sec- 10 minutes, and five people had got penalties. Yeah, great. Context is, uh, it's, it's, it's not trying to be mad about not being able to watch F1 Academy, because, like, what am I supposed to take from highlights? Because it's, it's, it's so much of it can be out of context. Like, I want to know why this person was 30 seconds behind, perhaps. We could use a little insight, and that's what, that's what highlights are. Mass, they're great. Look, they, they, they do have a job, but. Ugh. They do a job when you're in need, like yeah. hence me this weekend, but Jesus Christ. Yes, you're scrambling somewhat. <laughs> mm. That's okay. Uh, we'll get you through. You didn't... I want to say you missed a ton. The start of the race some was, overtakes. Yeah, the start was uh, was more frantic, and then it did kind of really settle down. And the end was yeah. not much to say right home about, but uh, there's more to talk about from after the fact, but... It's a very busy news week in F1, so we'll fly through some stuff as best we can. Uh, this first piece almost seems like a lifetime ago at this stage. But uh, do you remember when? Uh, do you remember when Alpine sold a share of them uh, of their of themselves of their racing yeah. corporation? That happened a while that ago. Seems like a year ago. Yeah. I know. But um, yes, they announced that they were selling a stake of twenty four percent to. Oh, geez, there was. Uh, well, the I mean the the the, the actual firm. Uh, <laughs> Name, I mean, for race fans out there, and Will Wood wrote this. Uh, Otro Capital, Redbird Capital Partners, essentially a whole fancy consortium which is head, uh, headlined uh, for a nice PR, I guess, by uh, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Rob McEnany. Uh, I can never say his last name either. No, so. McEnany, something like that. Yeah, Rob. The guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, basically. Mm, as well as uh, Michael B. Jordan. But I imagine those are just some headline names just to stick on. Uh, you know, on it, and there are the people who are investing the significant portion of this, which is about how much was it? About two hundred. F- how much was it? Uh, like two forty-four, something like yeah, that. Yeah, hundred two hundred million pounds, hundred one hundred seventy million. Uh, sorry, sorry two hundred million euros, hundred seventy million pounds, which kind of puts the uh, around the shares of what Alpine's worth is just around seven hundred million pounds, apparently. But I would, I would hazard a guess based on what the Medicalia said is closer to. Uh, billion, but yeah. What were your What were your thoughts on? Uh, actually, before actually, before I get your thoughts, we'll just you know we never turn out a chance to say here at Lauren Rossi has to say right. <laughs> oh god. Where he says go. about this investment. So he said that this uh, this this investment will enhance the team's performance quote at all levels. End quote mm. at all levels. Brilliant. Second, he continued, the incremental revenue generated will be in turn uh, will in turn be reinvested into the team. In order to further accelerate our mountain climber plan, have you heard this before? No. <laughs> mountain climber pl- plan, jeez. We'll talk about Jargon City. Uh, pl- uh, aimed at catching up to the top teams in terms of state of the art facilities and equipment. Uh, so, yeah. And then, and then went on basically, and then, and then, <laughs> then Rossi went on to basically allude that, remember the, the grand slated a hundred race plan. We might need another mm. one, maybe maybe one twenty or so, maybe one twenty races. 
Oh, dear. Oh, I, um, I, 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 this is my first time looking on social media, by the way. I've just seen an update from Formula One. Mm. Oh, my God. Now I understand what you mean of the, the reference to the Ocon at the start. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot to go into. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but what, 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 are your, what were your thoughts on this, uh, this, this selling of shares from, from Alpine to uh, open things up here? Of all teams to sell shares, that is the last team, one of the last teams I expected to sell shares. Yeah, it's... But at the same time, it's. I, th- I think it's probably what's needed to give Alpine some manoeuvrability in terms of funds and stuff. Because um, they're on about, they've got certain outdated equipment and that they can now upgrade with this investment. And it's, it's surprising that a manufacturer as big as Renault yeah. slash Alpine doesn't have the facilities for that big man in the first place but it's yeah that's that's the it, weird thing uh, isn't it like it's it's so weird yeah. that a, a, like a manufacturer is selling it's like, like you'd be, imagine if like it was ferrari or some mercedes or something like it's i know what mercedes have obviously i know indios obviously has a fair amount of I know wolf has some stuff in there as well but it's just weird like they're it's, an actual sponsorship as well but they're also a race team and all sorts and everything they they, they do completely different it's, i could understand if it was Haas or one of the minnow teams but it's not it's it's more the the five or one of the six manufacturers yeah it's it speaks to me more so of just this continued wishy-washy approach from renault slash alpine here obviously renault being the parent group of all this uh it's so weird like like they're a question i've i always i always question their commitment not not for the first time you could you could say about this this renault group in 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 all but yeah it's, it's just it's just odd. I, I don't have much else to add about it. I, I, it's great for Ryan Reynolds and Alpine where I will spin it nicely PR-wise and they already have and you have the S-Man Ocon stories, etc. about speaking to Ryan Reynolds for the first time. That's that's all nice. But it's just the larger the larger thing for me at play is just the wishy-washy nature of Alpine and, and Renault Group and why this investment isn't coming from their side of things. Yeah, I, I thought it would do, but it's apparently not because... They don't need to get their hundred race plan done in the hundred races. Just extend it and say we only started it a year and a half ago. Oh yeah, good one. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I, I thought like nice for someone else to foot the bill. Sure. Yeah, no, of course, but it's a little bit strange. Twenty-four percent is a sizable chunk. But... That is a hell of a chunk. Are you surprised that they didn't get more for that? For twenty-four yes. percent of a manufacturer. With a big name, it is a little surprising. Mm. And you've had like, because I, mean, I think I remember listening to the Racist podcast on something similar to this topic about franchise ownerships, etc., and prices, etc. And and Dominicali's comments recently on this subject talk about how t- like some teams have turned down billions. And you think of like say Williams who bought theirs for what was like what two hundred fifty million. Um, they could have got the hell out if they wanted to at this stage, but it speaks to Dorothy's commitment that they're still there. Uh, what, what did Cyber Group just go for? It's what seven fifty essentially is what that's going yeah, to be going for. Uh, so I don't know. It's just a little. It's just a little weird. But uh, I guess that's part of the course with this uh, this this outfit this year, isn't it? And it's mm. just just weird. Anyway, I have nothing else to add on that subject. It's just yeah, just a weird one. Uh, 
interesting news. Of course, we, we still don't know what the hell is going on with this, uh, this entry process for 2026 and uh, new teams and the expression of interest and the, the it's supposed to, oh, this all is supposed to be sorted. No, it's not all sorted, but let's, let's imagine we're supposed to hear something uh, of some sort of news uh, at least at the end of June, but nothing came out. But what did come out during the week was uh, high tech confirmed their F1 prospective entry for 2026 uh, with their uh, a buy-in from a Kazakhstani businessman, billionaire Vladimir Kim who I've never heard of before, but his estimated wealth is supposedly about $5 million or $3.9 billion uh, pounds. So I guess not much we could say about this. I guess more so it's it's noteworthy, obviously, because it's another entry that's kind of been public about this obviously andretti has been famously public about this whole thing and that hasn't you can argue that hasn't helped their cause or we'll or we'll see <laughs> i guess we'll see if it yeah. uh, if it helps or hurts their cause but uh what, what was your what was your take on this uh this, this uh, i guess this uh piece of news that high tech is coming in for f1 obviously we know we know them obviously from their junior category uh work i, w- I was surprised that they're actually pushing ahead with it i thought they would have dropped out completely with obviously them losing the funding from uh Dimitri Mazepin, which was the original tile, but now it seems that they actually are pushing ahead with it, which is good because they're actually a good outfit and reliable. As you can, as you said, they're in F two, F three. Are they in Fracker? Ah, uh, I won't say they're not. I'll double check off the top of my head. But I, th- I think they're in like British F four, GB four, things like that. They're in quite a lot of different categories, so they'd be a reliable team to have on the grid. But I don't know whether they've got quite the right facilities just yet to sort of put themselves in the in the frame for an F1 team entry but obviously things can change from now till then they could join whenever event, I guess but as long as they put themselves in the frame for it it's I'm all for it in that sense they'd be I'd rather them than the uh Singaporean businessman or whatever his name was Calvin if you know Lowe? Which one I mean Calvin Lowe Hong yes Kong, I'd rather think, high yeah. tech yeah that's the one I'd rather high tech and Andretti than some random guy who's just going to spend a load of money and then break all the financial fair play rules and cost cut rules and what have you. Yeah, they're not in there. They're not in Freca. But yeah, the infrastructure I think would be a concern. Uh, I I do think that the fact that they you know they've got reliable outfits in F three and F two would definitely stand for them in this. As, as obviously as well, they can you know produce the funds which. Doesn't seem like it would be an issue here, and I'm sure they could certainly get some more uh, people to invest with their, like, get some people as a share, as a minority share or something to help foot the bill, like we're just talking about with Alpine. So I, I think it'd be interesting. I, I think there, I think there are certainly questions to answer with their, uh, their obviously Uralkali links and with uh, Dimitri Maspin, etc. All the, all the various bits and bobs that kind of come with that association, of course. But uh, I think they've all been tied up, gone. I believe it's a completely new entity in that sense. I'm reading from was I'm reading from racefans.net with Keith Collentine, and there's a little paragraph on this subject. Uh, it says Hitech has also been seeking a replacement for the backing which previously came from fertilizer producer Euralkali. So maybe that was yeah, I guess to that end. Yeah, because yeah, I know they, they they'd sell a, a company that was Hitech Formula One team. Yeah, like a couple of years ago. As like as as a company, like they registered it in the UK, so, and then obviously, the whole Russian invasion happened, and then that all went to shit. So I'm guessing high tech have sort of set up a new company 
after that to make this entry. Yeah, it'd be interesting to follow this one, but I hope we do get some general news soon on this. So we've got two. I, I want to say summer, summer break we get something, yeah. surely. Hopefully. But they've narrowed it down anyway. Yeah. And like we've, we've got, obviously, the public now, high-tech and obviously Andretti. Uh, Dimitri was adamant, has been, has, and has been adamant on this topic that there are others behind the scenes quietly doing work on this. I don't. Yeah, it'd be interesting to, to speculate what some of those, who some of those may be. Yeah, I would like to know because I, I want to say hi on Dyer in there. <laughs> At least you would think. <laughs> well, we, you know, the serial hiring was, was, you know, was the was the mark yeah. all along. Yeah, it would it would be weird if he if they weren't. Um, but yeah, obviously, we'll have to. Hopefully, we get more information in the next few weeks, but probably not. Mm. Yeah, probably not. Is correct. I want to make a quick mention here of that. Uh, I don't know if you heard this during the weekend, but do you remember Bob Fernley? I do. Yeah, he, I do. He passed away over the weekend. Yeah, sad. I remember his face quite well mm. from press from press conferences, actually. Yeah. Enough. Well, he was obviously the former Force India deputy team principal, which. Would have been a significant role, given the various legal issues that Vijay Malia eventually faced in his uh, ru- running of uh, what was Force India, what is, and now, of course, Aston Martin, and what became Racing Point in 2018. So, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. He's only 70 years old, but there's a great obituary on on the race about Bob Fernley, and I'd recommend reading it. It kind of talks about his unconventional kind of rise into... Most where I think I started the Stockport train station of all things. Oh, okay. Mm. But I wanted to mention that because he was a he was a well respected figure. Christian Horner was quite a yeah. I remember it was took to posting Instagram as well about the, on the subject as well. So yeah, basically he was essentially was VJ Malia's basically lieutenant essentially. And as soon as the buy in came from uh, Lawrence Stroll and racing and that Alpha became Racing Point, that was that was kind of it for his involvement. Uh, he did have some IndyCar uh, running, I guess, after that. He was involved, I think, in McLaren's there for Fernando Alonso in 2019. Uh, so, but obviously, obviously, didn't obviously end too well with Alonso not being able to make the, the cut. But, yeah, uh, that one released. Uh, Dimitri was saddened by this as well. He recently released a statement on this. But, yeah, uh, and Esmond Ocon was sad about hearing about the passing as well. So, yeah, just a well-respected figure and... It was surprising he didn't end up coming back to F1 after uh, after that situation with their uh, racing point happened. Yeah, I, I would have thought it'd have been somewhere along the lines anyway. But, mm. but uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, in other news, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, how does keep Alpha Tari out of the headlines at the moment, isn't it? It really is. Uh, the latest this week, Helmut Marco deciding to drop the bomb that. Basically, Avatari will be changing their name in 2024 and taking more of a follow from Red Bull's design and using more parts uh, than, than they are currently that they are allowed to use. So it's just, yeah, all all change. Going to be new name, new drivers probably. Uh, Definitely new drivers based off the tour this week. New team principal, of course, Alar Mecki is coming in. New CEO with Peter Bayer as well. Obviously, Franz Tost is leaving. So there's a lot going on. Uh, there's not there's not a lot we know really. The only thing we can't we can kind of definitively say we know that it's not going to be going to go back to Toro Rosso. So what this new name is going to be, and what this identity is going to look like, I have no idea. But 
maybe alpha ball. <laughs> maybe based on this season and last season, ah, oh, maybe they could use the a change. Nick DeVries Racing. Yeah, quick Nick. <laughs> quick Nick Racing. P twenty Nick. Uh so I mean any 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 major thoughts on No, we I think we alluded to this a few months ago that it was probably gonna change. So mm. I'm not surprised. Um, and you know what Helmut's like when it gets to Austria his mouth opens it always does <laughs> doesn't even need to get to Austria comes out. <laughs> yeah because uh, uh, yeah on that subject of Marco opening his mouth uh, he decided to fan even more to the flames of Nick de Vries basically saying that uh, Christian Horner wasn't really uh, too high on the Nick de Vries signing and has been proven right on the subject so giving more to uh, Nick de Vries to uh, yeah just even more pressure with that. And then came an article on the race, basically that, uh, uh, we, did we have this conversation on the podcast last week? Or certainly uh, in DMs during the week, but I think we hovered on the subject last week. But I think we I think we can basically confirm now, and I'm going to nail this to the mass now, I'm sure you'll do the same. Uh, Nick DeVries is not, com- I don't think Nick DeVries is coming back to the F1 paddock after the summer break. <laughs> I'll be surprised if we even get to the summer break with neither is. Yeah, I I'm, I agree. I think just get it done before Belgium, to be honest. Like any, get, get it done before anywhere close to his home races, essentially. Uh, because he is just a, like, he's just, he's, he's just a dead man walking. Like, it's just, it's just, everyone knows it's not going to last. It's not going to work. And I think we can all see that it just wasn't the right move. And I, I just, yeah, I just think it's, it's it's coming, and I just don't think we'll. I don't think they'll go through the whole rigmarole of Axiom before his home Grand Prix, obviously, which is the first race after the summer break. And and if you're if you're if you're not going to do it that way, then just get it done beforehand. Just yeah, it's it's literally pointless keeping him there. The the only thing they're doing is um, harming themselves. And it doesn't help Nick DeVries either. Like he's 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 handled this situation as well as he can with the. You know, with questions and the such, he, like, he, I, he, I'm sure you really think about the situation. He gets it, but uh, I would say just do it after the British Grand Prix, and you get to, you get to Spa, and then if not Spa, then you, I guess it would be harsh to do it at before at before Zandvoort. But like, given the outfit we're dealing with, I guess you know, <laughs> uh, you know, it wouldn't surprise. But which sort of um, is. I'm I'm surprised he's still there. I'm I'm so surprised based <laughs> after what happened, what I've seen in this race. Well, I don't think this is actually his worst race, to be honest. He, I know he had that little. What tussle. do you mean? No, he had that little tussle with a K Mag, but I mean he's P twenty in the standings, Graham. Yeah, well, this was yeah that wasn't one of his. Yeah, he was well, sorry that yeah he because of Sergeant's higher results. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah, I actually don't know if the, if the penalties have affected that a lot at all. If that, I don't know. I have a quick check actually. I know Stanley's haven't updated. Uh, obviously, to account for the uh... no, he is still he is now he is now, he is now twentieth. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think we can definitely confirm this. Well, not sorry, we can't confirm. We're not bringing you this news, of course, but. I think we can both say with certainty that it's he's going to be axed, and we both think it's going to be Liam Lawson. I yes. The way I see this falling out is just basically this is the Albon shootout essentially from Red Bull at twenty nineteen. Pretty much. See how he does at the end of the year. By the end of the year, if it's any worse than De Vries, then 
I guess then you could ask maybe Ricardo comes into the equation. Maybe you look at Mick Schumacher, uh, possibly if you want. If they... Even then, that's a push. Yeah, I mean we've seen this avenue opened. We've just seen De Vries come from AlphaTauri. Yeah, I don't, I don't, from Mercedes. Yeah, I don't think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Christian Horner will be too keen on that idea. Um, um, yeah, because it was would... more of a France toss thing, and obviously he's on the one the way out. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I would think Red Bull will be like, right, okay, that's not worth pulling from outside our driver pool. Let's let's dip back into our driver pool. We've got someone who deserves to have a chance. Well, I think deserves a chance. Sean not so high on Lawson. But... I'm not as high as Lawson because I think. But uh, let's be honest, it can't be much fucking worse. No. Certainly not. Oh, he's like he's he can look. I, the thing with Lawson is, I like he, I see him very similar to the like, way I did with Albon in F one or in F two rather. Like, yeah, s- not spectacular, but could win a race here and there. Is he'll be solid. He could maybe make something for himself in F one. I don't think it'll be super high, but uh, it's like it's like many drivers. Like ultimately, a lot of it's just not even to do with talent. It's more so with chance. Mm. Like you got Felipe Djokovic, the champion who beat Lawson and everyone else last year, and he's not going to get that look in for that seat. Um, I think he could do a shift, but where you are is important as what you do in many ways. And Lawson looks like he's going to get a shot. I assume he. I know there's technical title contention for Super Formula, but I suppose you don't really hesitate to to jump on this kind of opportunity when. Imagine he did. See now nah, I'm going to go for the former title instead. Mm, I mean we saw him, we saw Gasly try to juggle both. Yeah, he might try and so do both. Maybe I get again that does fill a problem like who who else do you bring in to, to fill in those races if maybe because I know I had to do that with Kvyat and uh, Hartley and Kvyat I think in USA. Yeah, in 2017. So pff, who knows? But well, we assume we lost him, even though the chatter from. There's been some extremely competitive, supposedly extremely competitive sim times and such from Ricardo, but I don't think that'll have mm-hmm. any bearing on him going in for the next the rest of the year. I think it might bear an impact on him maybe going into the seat next year if Lawson doesn't work out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's how I see things unfolding with that. Yeah, so unlucky Nick DeVries, it was... Look, he got himself an F1 seat on the basis of one race, which we knew, look, we knew going in. And the casual may not have known, but we certainly knew that that track was going to be fantastic for Alex Albon last year in Monza. We we knew that. Uh, he didn't get a chance, sadly, with his appendicitis. Nick de Vries did. Did a good job on the weekend. Uh, congratulations. But, uh, yeah. He, he, well, let's, let's say he got 12 more races than he expected to get in a Formula 1 car. Sure. Well, I mean, I, I think he's a legit contender for that Williams seat. Oh, God. Uh I, th- I certainly think so, uh, until the plans changed. Uh, do you remember, yeah. the, remember the Alpine links for that last year? Oh. Yeah, that was so. <laughs> Imagine that. Uh, oh, the, the, the thing is, I think you've probably been, been all right. If, if, if the team principal at Williams was there now, but was mm-hmm. there back then, James Wells was in charge, then I think Nick would have been in, personally. Interesting. Just because Toto would have been like, yeah, I've got I've got a ladder for you. I've got a nice, nice young young <laughs> lad that can uh, score you points in Monza. Well, they certainly would have stuck with him, I think, if this if this is a Williams situation. Yeah, yeah, of course they would. But uh, yeah. well, consideration for Williams to pick him up for twenty twenty four if things don't work out with Logan. <sighs> no, I don't. I just no. <laughs> a good effort. No? 
No. Not not sold? No. Okay. No. That's I disappointing think, on your behalf. Mm, uh, my my Nick DeVries stock has never been really high. It's been confused at times based on what some very notable people have been saying in the paddock, but yeah, it's certainly He's not. just so good. Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. But no. Try to survive are gonna be feasting on Talmud Marcus clips. <laughs> yeah, there could be a few of those. It'll be Yeah, there's gonna be at least two episodes on this. <laughs> Brilliant. I can't wait. Well, there's fuck all else to talk about. Well, yeah. Well, you say that. What are we going to do? Traumatise the Mercedes fucking car like they did last year? Probably, actually. Probably. That will be a storyline. Especially because they could... Yeah. Because like, I know the racing go too well for them, but they could legit win in this week in Silverstone, and I wouldn't be surprised. Who? <laughs> no, we're not, we're, not, we're, not, not, we're not talking about him yet. <laughs> uh yeah. We got to the Austrian Grand Prix, though, and there's a lot of chatter beforehand. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was talking on the Thursday, I believe, and he's put out a thought that to stop F1 team being as dominant as the Red Bull is, essentially, (laughs) that... Sorry. This is, is, yeah. The irony. We'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, That F1 or the FIA should pose a limit on how, I guess, how far in advance he could work on next year's car or the following year's car. So he thought maybe <laughs> August 1st was the time that maybe you could start working on it. Yeah, but that, that, that's all, the only thing that's going to do is hurt Mercedes. No? <laughs> well, you know, it's, it, you can look at this from a few different angles. Uh, <laughs> I, I get what he's saying, but it's so ironic. <laughs> yeah, well, Christian Horner said he's obviously talking from personal experience. I think, of, and he's, but his actual comment on this was, uh, I think it'd be an incredibly hard thing to police. How on earth could you say, right, go? How do you prevent people thinking about or working on next year's car? It would. It would be insanely hard. Like, no, you can't use that for 2024. No, no. Adrian Newey, stop drawing. Put down your fucking pencil. Stop. Put down your pencils, fingers on lips. Thumbs Don't up. even think about it. Don't en- let that enter your brain space at all. How could you? <laughs> yes, fine. They, they start mapping out. They put like sensors on his brain. <laughs> but, but also, thinking about 2024 again. Yeah. Like, in a sense, he's like, how on earth would you police that? You, you can't. You, you can't. But this, this topic did come up recently with the Le Mans, uh, the balance of performance. And everyone agreed with this. Like, this, isn't, this would not be good for F1. No, that would be ridiculous. So, what what would be the point of having different teams? Yeah, what would the point be? So, I understand the problem as a whole. We don't want to see teams like this dominating, and obviously, the, the weekend was obviously another example of that. Like, we don't, but artificially solving the problem is not the way. And it's nice. It's, it's literally putting a blanket over the problem. It doesn't fix it. And Hamilton's problem, or Hamilton's solution, does not offer much much either. Uh, yeah, Max. Max was quite happy to say that Lewis wasn't saying this when he was winning. Yeah. So, yeah. Which is a. Uh, look, we look, yeah, we look, I. And just to clarify, like, I don't want to be seeing, like, I don't want to be seeing, I don't want to be seeing races where Verstappen wins by 20 seconds every weekend. I, like, I don't. No, no, of course not. I would like to see something competitive, even if, if it does involve a team I don't enjoy, be it Mercedes or forbid Alpine or whatever, but. Uh, yeah, there's ways to go about it, and artificially, artificially doing it can, yeah, I think, make things worse than it can make things better. Yeah. Um, 
And the reason, again, just to just to emphasize this, why we're in this situation, uh, TD40, I think it's, is it TD45? The technical directive so. last year did not help, but ultimately Mercedes and Ferrari have completely, it's, they've, they've completely messed up and their own shortcomings, which are being reflected in their own car philosophy changes uh, and other organizational problems being, and we've seen, obviously, Fred Vassour's come in. We've just seen Mercedes switch their technical department a little bit with the uh, Mike Elliott and James Allison reshuffle. So, you know, it's it's not, it's their fault as well that why we're in this situation. It's because they haven't done a good enough job, plain yeah, and simple. So, uh, yeah, so there is that. Now, there is one, there was one topic that seemed to really wash through the paddock, and this is going to become a massive talking point, and it's, isn't it weird? I think the cost in the cost cap stuff started at the beginning this point last year as well. There was some big talk about that came from Austria last year as well. I can't remember I what it was. So. I think it was the cost cap stuff. Uh, it's due to the 2026 engine regulation changes. And I'm going to read from motorsport.com and Jonathan Noble. Basically, Christian Horner is ringleading a sentiment that urgent attention is needed for 2026 rules to avoid ruining racing in F1, essentially. So... I'm going to read from motorsport.com and again, the reason I'm doing this now and not next week because I would normally save this but because there's a week there's a race next week as well and there's just so much going on that we just have to has to be tackled this week so I'm just reading from motorsport.com and we'll get we'll get to the Austrian Grand Prix but uh, this this stuff is this is not going anywhere so you're going to hear a lot more about this so let's let's get on the ground level now so reading from Jonathan Noble and motorsport.com as revealed by motorsport.com earlier, F1 teams have been asking the FIA to conduct a more thorough analysis of the impact of the new 2026 cars and engines and make concerns about how how they will perform on track. There are worries that plans for increased reliance on batteries with a 50-50 split between combustion engine and electric power production could backfire and leave cars unable to run flat out around a lap because they cannot produce enough energy. While the FIA is confident that the situation is under control and it is premature to be worried about matters, I guess that's fair given that we're a few years away, but Horner has said that F1 needs to be careful with what happens, as he suggests it may be better to reduce the reliance on electrical power. And Horner said, I think that perhaps what we need to pay urgent attention before it's too late is to look at the ratio between combustion power and electrical power. We need to ensure that we're not creating a technical Frankenstein, which will require the chassis to compensate to such a degree with movable aero and reduce the drag to such a level that the racing will be affected. And there will be no toe effect and no DRS because effectively you're running like that at all points in time. Plus, with the characteristics of these engines, that the combustion engine just doesn't be- just just doesn't become a generator to recharge a battery. So, it goes on to say, Horner does not believe the matter is complicated to resolve. As he suggests, a simple 5% shift in combustion electric power could be enough to help. However, he says the matter is a critically important one to get right. And he said, we still have two and a half years. I think there's a slight redress. It would then create potentially a... Uh, sorry, we've still have two and a half years. I think if there's a slight redress, it would then create a potentially better platform for the chassis. Otherwise, the chassis regs that are, are undefined yet and uncommitted, we're going to be trying to cater for those compromises. You've, you've got to look at the thing holistically from both a technical point of view and most importantly, what is F1? F1 needs to be wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing. We can't, we can't afford to lose that challenge and have drivers downshifting on the straights to regenerate batteries. I know the FIA is taking it very seriously and they're looking at it very closely as the simulations become more advanced. 
this this sentiment of uh downshifting on straights became a kind of a talking point as well during the weekend as well so uh there's more comments on this uh because do, 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 uh multiple f1 chiefs i've been talking about this they went anonymous on record on this subject uh, this is a separate article from jonathan noble on the subject of motorsport.com uh so horner went obviously public with his uh, another team boss said this needs a, de- a lot of detailed analysis because if we get it wrong then it will not be good for the spectacle. We could have drivers left on the economy drives to look after their batteries or having to change down gears on the straights. We have to make sure we don't end up creating f- some Frankenstein cars that are not that was that are not what was originally intended with the regulations. Uh, another team boss said, we just want a better understanding of the impact of the changes because we don't want a situation where drivers are slowly slowing down halfway down the straight. If there are any problems, then we need to head them off now because if we wait until the rules are finalized, it could be too late. So sources, so sources indicate that a number of F, uh, teams want the FIA to ramp up its analysis of the impact of the regulations to provide a clear picture about what can be expected for 2026. These especially want to understand the behavior characteristics of the future power units around every circuit. This relates not just to lap time, with the target being for cars to be not too dissimilar to current performance levels, but also how and where that power is produced throughout the lap. While simulations have indicated that the new engines will operate without issues at circuits that are good for power regeneration, there's no guarantee their performance will profi- uh, performance profile will suit every track. So, what's your kind of take on all of that? On possibly driving having to downshift on the straights, and uh, this it's a it's going to be a huge talking point. So, I guess what's your early indication based on some of that? Ludicrous. Ludicrous that this is even a possibility. This needs to be sorted as soon as possible. Clarification is needed. They need to get on them simulations ASAP and fucking figure something out because we can't have that. Some random drivers slowing down on a straight to charge the battery. Like, come on, for fuck's sake. It's the pinnacle of motorsport. We potentially might have to do that. Ridiculous. Yeah. There needs to be a workaround. Just swing it one way or the other. Just do something so we're not doing that and eventually get to where you want to be with the sort of hybrid power rather than just trying to go too much too soon. Just to read further on this as well, um, motorsport.com, motorsport.com has learned that at the at the regular team principals meeting at the Canadian Grand Prix with F1 CEO Stefano Domenicali, fresh fears were raised specifically about the power unit rules that were already in place being the ones for 2026. Uh, mentions that Horner was the ringleader of this essentially and instead it has been suggested consideration should be made to try shift things away from towards reliance on the electrical element uh, to avoid risk of trouble uh, to, to do so some of the specifics on this early analysis conducted by teams has triggered worries that there could be a risk kind of bringing out battery power at some tracks because the electrical systems can't regenerate enough energy from the MGUK should this occur, that could open up potential for some bizarre behaviour from drivers to try and generate more power on entries to corners. One source even suggested that if the rules do not deliver enough electric power for the entire lap, when drivers lose a 350 kilowatt boost, equivalent to 470 horsepower, that is allowed from the batteries, they could even be forced to change gears on the straight. So, now, to add another, uh, to add a wrinkle to this, Toto Wolf. He's not having that. Of course he's not. And he thinks that Christian Horner is trying to kill F1's engine regs for 2026. Uh, 
So right, right, okay. Why let's we do that? well, let's let's read what Toto has to say on the subject. Uh, reading from racefans.net, Keith Collentine, Claire Coffey on this one. But Horner claimed F1 cars are at risk becoming technical Frankenstein's under the new rules, and warned drivers might have to change down gears on the straights on some tracks in order to top up the charge and the batteries. Wolf rubbished that claim, telling media, including race fans, yesterday, "quote That's not going to happen." Do you think that in all reality we are not innovative in this sport to come up with chassis and engine regulations that can avoid drivers downshifting on the straights? That was what he, he asked. He's not wrong. No, I don't think he's wrong. I don't, absolutely not. I don't think I don't think that's wrong. They're both right. It's weird. Uh, I don't think I've ever said that. <laughs> Verstappen then talked about this after I think I think it was after the race, and he said it, basically that. These indications that he was like that it looks quote pretty terrible end quote was what he said. Uh, he said that's not the way forward. It looks like it's going to be an ICE competition internal combustion engine. Uh, so whoever has the strongest engine will have a big benefit. But I don't think that should be the intention of Formula One because then you start a massive development war again and it'll become quite expensive to find a few horsepower here and there. It should be the opposite. Plus the cars have a lot less drag, so even harder to overtake on the straight. Then you have the active aerodynamics, which you, the driver, can't control. The system will control it for you. It makes it very awkward to drive because I prefer to be in control of it myself. Of course, when you're behind somebody, maybe you need more front or more rear, this kind of thing. If the system starts to control that for you, I don't think that's the right way forward. Plus, with the way the weight is going up again, so yeah, we have to seriously look at this because 26 is not that far away. It looks very bad from all the numbers and what I see from the data already. It's not something I'm very excited about at the moment. Now, reading this piece from the race, I'm reading that from the race and Scott Mitchell, ma'am, reading in this article, uh, do, 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 it understood that Horner has been pushing this message in private in F1 commission meetings, although some of Red Bull's rivals has intimated that his concerns are not shared by others. Okay. One obvious inference of Red Bull's strong stance with 2026 rules, which has now emphatically been made public by its team boss and F1's world champion, is that the F1 is that Red Bull's F1 engine is not progressing well. Red Bull has set up a new division, da da da. Total Wolf even went as far as suggesting the remarks because Horner is quote frightened that Red Bull's engine will not be competitive. Horner has defended his stance though, claiming that Wolf quote just focus on self performance, whereas my interest is actually about the sport rather than self gain. It is still too early to say who's going to have a competitive car or uncompetitive engine in 2026. For me. The most important thing from the sports point of view is that we all have a collective responsibility to work with the FIA and the commercial rights holder to ensure that the product is as good as it can be. Otherwise, we've all failed. So was I think that was Wolf that was talking about that mentioned that. Uh, no, sorry, that was Horner. And to be honest, my I'm actually on total wolf side of things on this on this occasion and i don't um, find myself saying I'm that ending the podcast here, folks. <laughs> because All right. we've talked we've talked about we've talked recently about how much i mean I, it bears it bears repeating how much of a risk making your own engine is and the consequences of getting it wrong are massive uh, of course there does seem to be people that i don't think many people share that view that horner does Maybe some. No, it is literally like end of the world scenario. He's basically putting out there. Oh yeah, like here's the thing. There's definitely and Verstappen pushing this at the end of the after the race also I think confirms this in my mind as well that this is Red Bull's agenda 
on this split, this 50-50 split on the electric and combustion engine side of things. And I, I actually do believe the sentiment that maybe it's not going so well because it's an yeah. enormous undertaking because they're basically starting from scratch in some ways, whereas Mercedes and Ferrari and Alpine and even Honda have a lot of carryover in many ways. Mm. And I could believe a sentiment that is not going well or maybe not as well as hoped and potentially... Red Bull using this their agenda and their driver to look at this narrative, push that narrative that maybe this isn't the way to go. And I could believe in the motorsport.com article from Jonathan Noble that the team bosses could easily be Red Bull and Alpha Tari, for instance. Yeah, basically. I could easily see it going that because normally it's weird to see. It was very clear that team bosses didn't want their name attached to this. We've seen team bosses attach their names to stuff in the past before. When in terms of this, this terms is the of first time I've I've ever heard team bosses withdraw their names. You know, first time ever. So whoever said those things definitely doesn't want people to know that their outfit team etc has said that on record. So I think yeah. there there is something to be said for that. And uh, yeah, I I do. I do side with Toy Wolf on this situation. Uh, I think there could be some agenda at play. So, I don't know. Uh, the story is not going to go away. You're going to hear this a lot more, not just this season, but obviously until it's resolved or, uh, you know. Changed. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I I do believe Toy Wolf that we, they, everyone's invented enough to find a solution to that. And Yeah, no, definitely. I think the simulations, I think, I think, yeah, maybe Red Bull got some people on, on board with some concerns, but I, I think there's time to sort that out. It would look poorly if they did if it did end up coming to fruition, what Horner is saying, because obviously you've got Audi and the such in the mix coming in and as a new as a new uh, supplier and um, manufacturer. So I don't know. The story is going to progress, but yeah, I, I'm i inclined to, for now, side on Total Wolf's side of things and Think that there, I think there may be some agenda spinning from uh, from Red Bull. Look, every team does it. Like every lot of teams have done it. Mercedes have done it in the past as well. So last year, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, their whole thing was at the the porpoise thing and the, and the directive and and yeah. I mean, look at that worked. That worked brilliantly. Is that they've changed philosophy and reshuffled their technical department and yeah, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, I just thought that was an interesting conversation. That uh, yeah was a. Uh, was a sticking point, or talking point, where it will be in the future. Uh, very, very quickly, um, a week later, or two, yeah, two weeks later, rather, actually, uh, McLaren wanted to try and overturn Lando Norris's five-second penalty from Canada. Yeah, I saw uh, this. And a lot of people took a lot of interest in this, because in the meeting for this, the right of view that uh, they wanted to get for this, there was McLaren, obviously, Williams sat in on this, so did Red Bull, so did Aston Martin and Alpine. Oh, okay. That's weird. Yeah, they all wanted in on this. It was initially Williams, and then war teams hopped on that. Um, but this was rejected as there was no uh, new and relevant information to uh, for this. Because uh, basically, McLaren's point of view is that it set a new precedent, essentially. So I guess maybe from that perspective, teams were interested in maybe how... Just hearing what looks sad. Yeah. yeah, and what... I, I don't see the issue here. I'm surprised McLaren went... I guess there's no harm clarifying, but... Yeah, no, it's just clarification, isn't it? Yeah, it was an interesting one anyways. But uh, that was overturned. 
lastly, then, just before we get into the whole thing, uh, yeah, I I saw the Austrian Grand Prix contract extension talk. I thought, did we just do this recently? Think, Last year, yeah, well, we did. Was it not? No, four months ago. <laughs> You yeah, we did. We did this on the podcast. I'm pretty sure, but because was it 2027? Yes, that's exactly what it was. This new one takes up to 2030. Okay, because because remember we did some calendar talk and there wasn't a deal for the Red Bull Ring. We didn't know it was the one track. We didn't really know what the story was going forward. Then the then that the first extension came. Yeah, and now a second one. The four months. I think Australia did this last year. Yeah. It got one year, and then next the following year it did it again. It's weird. Obviously, talks are relevant at the time you're at the track, aren't they, I guess? They always seem to extend a, a track when they're at the track. Yeah, it's weird. I'd like to do that. So, yeah, that was a weird one, but... Anyway, uh, I think... Good, I'm glad. I like the Austrian Grand Prix. Yeah, it usually does deliver, to be fair. And I did this weekend, I thought, generally speaking, over the whole, uh, let's go... Draw quickly just go through the sprint first and then we'll go on to the actual race itself. Uh, mm-hmm. These so okay, differences between SQ uh, sprint qualifying and main qualifying. Well, Hamilton comes up knocked out in Q1, SQ1. Lol. So that was brilliant. Um, that was funny. Carlos almost out. got knocked out in Q, uh, SQ1. Yeah. Compa- uh, having uh, obviously been on the second row of the grid, Ferrari definitely seemed to step away a little bit on the Saturday compared to the Friday. Uh, to do all the big ones. Yes, Russell got knocked out in Q two in on Friday. How did he get on Saturday? It was just so bad, wasn't it? No, no, it was on Saturday. He got knocked out. And he got knocked out in, in, in Q two on Friday as well. Oh yes, he did in P eleven, but this time in SQ two, we got knocked out for hydraulic failure. Yes, that's right. That's what it was. So it was a very weird one for Mercedes. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg absolutely was fantastic. He got himself another high grid uh, high grid Beautiful. starting slot ahead of Carlos Sainz in P4 and, and, and Charlie Leclerc as well <laughs> so that was uh, solid uh, Sergio Perez got his act together having uh, got, got knocked himself knocked down Q2 on Friday got himself on the front row and that was really the ma- that was one of the main sticking points was the Verstappen Perez kerfuffle on the first lap of the sprint how did you see that yeah. one unfolding and their explanations and the such afterwards uh, I'll be honest, I saw no explanations afterwards. Um, but my views on it was it was fair game because one did it to the other and then it was sort of retaliation. And then Max sort of doing it at turn three, which is actually turn two in my opinion, but whatever, um, was him just purely losing the car. I don't think it was intentional. But probably it probably was a little bit intentional in terms of we probably wanted to make it go a little bit deep but mm-hmm. not as deep as he ended up making him go it's um it was just a bit aware then i think that there was all expecting because even norris went went deep but it ended up costing himself quite a lot and fucking his race up basically yeah the norris thing he got put into anti star essentially try to avoid the red bull kerfuffle the whole thing was yeah. apparently perez didn't see verstappen on his outside and then and shoved him on the grass so, yeah yeah um, but well apparently they under, they said it was all good I think that was just a passing they had a very yeah, long no. talk after the race before the yeah not, not podium but yeah so apparently they sorted it all out I think, uh, I think I think I do think there was a genu- genuine misunderstanding but I definitely thought Verstappen had that in mind heading up to turn three and if Perez gave yeah, then he got back yeah. so I think it did even out yeah that's what I mean I, th- I just think Max 
didn't realise how much he was going to end up making Perez go deep than he actually, like I said, I think he was going to sort of return the favour, but not as much as he ended up doing, but no yeah. one was done, well, basically. It ended up costing Perez more so because Hulkenberg ended up going past, uh, obviously, Norris as well, and then yeah, I mean, it's classic thing we for had a hacks running in P two. Yeah, it is a it is a crying shame, and like I do mean that. Like, it, if it's a shame they don't have a better car with better tires, because Hulkenberg has put himself in more than enough good positions to have some really good points finishing for Haas. Now he he, he did manage to collect one here for the sprint, but it is a shame. Only jewels. Yeah, well, to be fair, they did. This sprint was fantastic, by the way, absolutely brilliant stuff. Obviously, the wet weather it was helped. Better than natural race. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. The wet weather was great, and then you had Russell then deciding to go for the dries and ended up then you had the split between the top six, I think, ended up staying out on the inters, which I think was the right call for them. Yeah, no, that was that was definitely the right call. Do you know what the right call was? It was again from Albon backwards essentially was when it was right for everyone else. So you can argue it probably cost Williams a point, you can argue. And Albon said that even after the race on Sunday their points should should have come on the on the Saturday rather than the Sunday. Um so it worked out for Hulkenberg. To be fair, Hulkenberg I think was getting six regardless. The Astons were getting him. It was you know, I think that was fine what they did. So I don't fault them for that. So I think it was right for Hulkenberg. It was wrong for Ocon, or Ocon, or for Albon. Russell ended up getting a point out of it, so it definitely worked out for him. Nothing for Hamilton, nothing for Norris in the end, which was rough. Uh, Piastri made up a raffle position. So he's basically the second driver that came in after uh, after Russell. So they committed that one early and they got their just rewards for it. Uh, other than that, uh, I mean, yeah, Verstappen uh, obviously. Mm. Oh, yeah, he was in the wars, wasn't he? <laughs> Got absolutely shafted. Well, that man cannot drive that car in the wet. No, the cool temperatures learned. did not help, and a third grid drop for impeding in four races did not help either. I thought that one was poor from the stewards, to be honest. That pit lane needs redesigning. I'm sorry, that entry is is, is stupid. It's so dangerous. The fact that it's still allowed, so stupid. It's yeah. a blind corner and you're basically putting the cars at a slower pace going into it. You've got an entire forest you could dig into for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just yeah. pull a road through the bloody forest so they're not going off of that apex. It's so silly. Uh, so that obviously compromised Leclerc's uh, his Saturday. His teammate had a brilliant weekend uh, overall but finished third in the sprint. Uh, what did you make of the two Aston Martins having uh, a ding-dong close to the end? I think Alonso was half going for it. Yeah, he was, he was definitely quicker. Oh, definitely 100%. Quicker. He was basically saying to Stroll, I could get you if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. I'm just sort of making you try and make a mistake so I can slip past, but I'm not yeah. going to actually overtake you. I was watching his onboard. He went deliberate, like he took the wide turn three line, like basically every time. Yeah, he could have tweeted the inside once if he wanted to. If he really wanted to. but uh, he... I wonder how many millions he got paid extra to make Stroll look good that race. Yeah, like I did. I did wonder that. I did wonder if possibly they just want they want him to take the white line. Want, I would like to say that he gets told to do it certain times. As, as Lawrence seems to still be under the impression that Alonso and Stroll will be even by the end of the <laughs> yeah, season. Yes, so that he did say that. I think it's more so Alonso knowing where his bread is buttered. Yeah, he's wise enough <laughs> at this stage. A younger driver possibly maybe would go for it, uh, but oh, Leclerc's going for that hundred percent. Yeah, Snowda definitely as well. But 
I think Alonso knows that. But yeah, it was a good result for the Astons, to be fair. They 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 were they were more happy with the gains they made on Mercedes on the weekend, I thought, in the, in the sprint especially. But did you have any other, other thought? I, the sprint was... I didn't know where to look, honestly. Like, there's a great Ocon, Norris, um, Leclerc ding-dong that was back and forth. Uh, obviously, it's you had uh, the Hulkenberg vector as well. Uh, Russell going through the field. Hamilton kind of stuck there as well, trying to make some progress as well. It was this a, is literally what the sprint's there for. That variation. Austria is a great place for sprint A because of the weather being a potential factor. Mm-hmm. It's a high octane energy track where it's just so short and there's so many opportunities for an overtaking maneuver. Like it, it's just it's the perfect place for a sprint, I think. So it's, it's why Brazil and Austria should just be stables of the sprint. I think they will be. Now. If they if they if they took it down to just them two, I'd be fine with it. Perfectly yeah. fine because that's where it should be. They're fun. You got the potential weather, like I say, and you can overtake. Yeah, it was it was excellent stuff. Uh, the race on Sunday wasn't didn't quite live up to the same billing, but it was a solid race to start at least. Uh, it was a race that was won by Max Verstappen in the end. Have Charlie Leclerc in second. Sergio Perez recovered from fifteenth in the end after his uh, track limits foibles uh, to finish third. Lando Norris fourth. Fernando Alonso then fifth. Carlos Sainz finished sixth. They have George Russell and Lewis Hamilton. Have Lance Stroll and Pierre Gasly rounding out the top ten. Now that was that that was top ten was different, but obviously the main talk here has been track limits. Before we move 1, on to one thousand two hundred cases, yes, one thousand two hundred of them. Uh, before we just talk about the race results, etc., what's what's been your thought on the track limit situation this this weekend? Uh, I know there's been wider talk about um, the FIA basically recommending track changes to turn nine and turn ten. Uh, the stewards also were in the same view after they uh, went through because obviously Aston Martin protested the result afterwards and. The stewards came up with 82, I think, was the number extra cases, and that resulted in a whole bunch of penalties, which we'll get to. But uh, what's your what's your take on the track limit situation here? Um, it was done correctly, but it was stupid at the same time. If you know what I mean? It was ridiculous that there was that many penalties given out, and I I just think there needs to sort of be a more lenient. I say lenient, but at the end of the day, keeping it in the wild lines, they've been that they've been on that boat the entire season. So over the last year or so, in fact. So in that respect, I'm like, I sort of can't go back on what I've said previously because they've they've had it spot on. To be fair, and if they start fucking about with it again, then we go back to the old thing of questioning it for each track, and it's it just it's just a mess. So it just stays as it is to me. It's just you go over the wild line, tough shit. Yeah, that's the thing. No it's problem. A, it's a variable that's the same for everyone. And that's like, I think you have to do it because otherwise it you do get, you do, it does end up taking a piss. And you get to a stage where, if you ever go watch the, the IndyCar, is it Indy Next or Indy, IndyCar from Kota and what they do at the second, what they did at the second last corner. I think it was in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like, like you just, you end up taking the piss if you, if you allow things to slide. So, Look, I know it's difficult for drivers, but and I know like Alex Alm was talking about like well like he's like, Oh, but they're like talking about people asking like, Oh, but they're the best drivers. Like, yeah, they are. And I st- you know well either you, you move, move the line out one, and then it just it's the same scenario. So because you still they're gonna carry even more speed in. And then yeah, it it literally makes no difference. You don't police it and you end up with 
unhappy people. It's, it's just a mess regardless, isn't it? So I think this is still the best scenario. Yeah, I, it, as silly as it does look, I do agree. Like it's The white line's a white line. Either you move that line or you have this situation. And that's fine because it's the same for everyone. And it's the variable that doesn't change. Like you've got all these different variables at play, but this is the same for everyone. And the rules are applied the same for everyone. And we saw a lot of flipping penalties. And Good. That's it. Like it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it did, it did add a little spice to the suspense. Race. Yeah, actually, like I was like, I was like, oh, that's it. When I I, I only got to watch the highlights of the race today, and like I was like, oh, okay, that's it. There's no like extra penalties being chucked in at the end here. And then I <laughs> immediately go on social media after we start recording yeah. the podcast, and I just see Esteban Ocon with thirty seconds worth of penalties. <laughs> My fucking much. god, what what did he do? Uh... Man finished nowhere near the points and still did it. Yeah, but that's like that's the thing. Like it's just like I I know it's easy to say here and say just go slower, but I mean yeah, like look at the drivers was... who didn't. Like you've, I only I don't I didn't see Verstappen's name mentioned at all. Leclerc's Alonso's they may be the only ones I didn't really. See. Uh, I don't know if Joe actually. I, thought, I don't know if I saw Joe get a penalty, but uh, I don't know. Like. I'm sure they made allowances to not go over the lines. Yeah. And they got rewarded for it. So, I don't know. Like, the line's the line. Either you move the line or you make other changes. But the line's the line. So, I think it's fair for everyone. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's my thought on that. Uh, right. Winners and losers of the weekend. Let's hop into this. Uh, just quickly. <laughs> I don't have much to say about Max Verstappen anymore. <laughs> I just don't. No, it's just getting pointless now, isn't yeah. it? A fifth successive win, 42nd win of his career, moves him above the centre now. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, lost. It ended his streak of lead laps led, which was started on lap 48 of Miami. I think he got to 242. I believe when he lost the lead right. to Leclerc after he pit, right? Which is insane. They split the strategies at the virtual safety car, or the regular. Yeah, the, the, Red Bull just didn't. Ferrari came in. Yeah, Red Bull stayed out with Max and Perez, and they were very insistent on just sticking to their strategy. And you can when you've got that much advantage. The only thing yeah. I thought was interesting, and it's going to happen one of these days, but the gap was only about two seconds when Verstappen came out of the pits for his soft lap gambit. It's going to happen one day where we're going to see a driver lose the race win over something like this or lose yeah. a podium. And we, we got the closest we got was the clerk last year in Belgium. Yeah. Where he lost the, absolute shambles. Where he lost the position to Alonso and still didn't get fastest lap. Yeah. Not a podium, not a win, but it's going to happen at some stage. Like some nut or some problem in the pits is going to cost someone the win. I think that was a little too close to play with, but I think Verstappen was just bored out in front, just wanted to do it. Yeah, fun at the end of the day. Like, yeah. Yeah. To be fair, he had more to do this race than he's had to do in the last few races. So. I mean, I guess he'd overtake Leclerc, but... I didn't get to see it. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't get to see Perez overtake Russell, Perez overtake Hamilton, or anything like that. Just sort of got cut out. I was like, oh, okay, Brilliant. cool. I thought the Leclerc one was notable since it was for the, the race lead. I know there is a different strategies at play, but... Yeah. Anyway. To be fair, they, they showed other things which were good, but it wasn't it wasn't the best. Mm. Uh, winner of the weekend for... What we say? We give Ferrari their, one of their only winners of the weekend? I would say so. Definitely for Sunday. Not so much for Saturday for Leclerc, but definitely for Sunday. They got their joint best result of the season with P2. Would have been a lot more if Sainz hadn't got the extra five-second penalty. Um, 
Mm. You got two. Like, well, he had two in total then. If they, uh... yeah. Well, he would have been fine. He got a ten second after the race, and he got five seconds during it. The the thing I I think I think science has been really hard done by this weekend. Oh yeah, I completely agree. I think he was the better of the two drivers. Yeah, the clerk pulled out. They pulled out the lap mm-hmm. on Friday, which we sort of alluded to that he's one of them drivers that can do that. But I just don't think the clerk likes his car very much. He said the feeling was better afterwards. So there is yeah, that. Yeah, I just don't think he's clicked with it like he had done last year, where he could sort of lean on it this year. Just you can just tell he can't lean on it as much. Whereas Science seems to have that sweet spot with it a little bit, and I'm surprised Ferrari didn't let him go or keep him out and split the strategies yeah if you know what I mean there was obviously that was that at the beginning of the race where obviously they started second and third and obviously Perez was making the way through and Sainz definitely looked quicker than Leclerc I am surprised that they didn't switch those cars I know it was early but even still like Verstappen was still there visible yeah at least if you're not going to let Sainz go then I agree splitting the strategies would have been a fine thing and Sainz was more than on board to stay out and he wanted to do that and again, find himself in conflict with the. The, the weird thing was like it's not just in conflict, it's conflict with the strategy. He's, he's he's constantly on the radio asking for basic information. Like during the safety car, he was asking like he's coming up to turn nine. It's like am I boxing? Like am I am I boxing? Like am I like he's not getting. It's not just that. Like it's just other information that he's just not getting. That he just needs to be told. I don't know what they're doing in the engineering department and or in communicating to to their drivers, but. Just basic of basic stuff like you get you're getting close to it the pit entry am i boxing or am i not like you shouldn't have to ask twice about that yeah he, he really shouldn't but it's ferrari so what do you expect so he definitely looked a little better of the two this this weekend and yeah i think it was quite hard done by and he, with the penalty he ended up falling to sixth which was rough i think he deserved a podium for him for for the race he got one in yes, the sprint of so course but yeah it was weird. It was weird to see the clerk shit out of P two and science get screwed out of a podium. But there yeah, you go. The opposite way around. Yeah. Well, the clerk's race was so quite quietly solid after that. I mean, like science, he did lose time in the pits as well because there was a bit of a slower stop for the clerk. He didn't quite make that time back. So I, I do think there was the clerk was definitely more comfortable on the hards than he was that certainly that uh, opening medium stint. Yeah. And he lose kind of that to that afterwards, but. Anyway, uh, Science found himself in the wars, and then with uh, Perez trying to hold on to the podium, I don't understand. Fantastic battle! It was a great battle. I don't understand what the hell he meant by intimidation and why he wanted the Stewart to do about it. Oh, I, I, I didn't do not understand any of that. It was, it was bizarre. I, I, I did was think a lot it was of complaining. Yeah, I think he was clutching a straw somewhat. I think. Yeah, honest, he, I, do, he does. To be fair. I think it was more so a reflection of how his race had gone, essentially, and yeah. where he probably felt it should have been. Um, yeah. But Definitely. I don't understand the intimidation part. Like, like he's gonna like drivers pop out into view and mirrors to put people off. That's what they do. Intimidation he's is intimidating a, me. It was a weird one. God. But yeah, unlucky for science. But encouraging that these last few weeks, he's certainly seemed to find a better place with the car. I, you know, let's see if it continues. I, I, that's what I want to see. We're coming to some good yeah. science tracks, I guess. So and obviously I'm heading not back going to, to ask who anymore. For now, yeah, he's earned that much at least. Yeah, so he's under a grace period until mm. we get the Silverstone and then he takes himself by or something like that. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how Ferrari fare there because I think you will see a stronger return to form for Mercedes. I don't know about Aston Martin. Who? 
There you go. I've got to give it to someone. So, <laughs> come on. Uh, so yeah, let's see if it lasts. Uh, but this was a good track for them last year, of course. They should have had one too, this track last year. So we'll see. Yeah. Sure. Shall we move on to my star of the weekend? Uh, yeah, go for it. Lando Norris. And what, a, what a man. Mm. I don't understand what that man has to eat at, or does at uh, Austria, but he's a fucking... He, he's on it. He, I don't understand. Obviously, the car had major updates and was switched to the um, sort of Alpine Aston Martin philosophy. Um, but it fucking works. My God, does it work. He was keeping up with science. He was keeping up with Lewis in the actual race. Passed him. Yeah. But I would have said he was quicker than Lewis in the race for quite a lot of that. From what I saw, anyway, well, obviously you guys got to see more than what I did. But... Finished twenty-three seconds ahead in the end. I know there was an extra. Yeah. Was there an extra penalty? Oh, there was. Sorry, there was an extra penalty for Hamilton in the end. But yeah, there was. Yes. Still, like, yeah. if that's my my takeaway is not so much Norris because we knew Norris can do that, but that's only fifty percent of the three race upgrade plan for McLaren here. Yeah. So what else is there to come, and where does that leave them? Because, geez. That is a big jump. That's a massive jump, and Alpine should be very worried now. Yeah, I I, I would say Ferrari should be fucking worried. Let's see. I I because Ferrari aren't that far ahead, really. Yeah, he'd have to throw Aston Martin in the same mix and Mercedes by the same extension in the same mix. We'll have to see. I I I do think that this track and Silverstone they'll be better for. We know McLaren are good at high speed stuff, so these these may suit them better. So. Hard to say when we'll actually get a proper read on them because I think they're yeah. they're one of their strongest tracks. I think is definitely coming up next this week at Silverstone. Yeah, take it with a pinch of salt. But my God, if you took Red Bull out the mix, fuck me, we'd have a great championship. I know, <laughs> I know. It would be all over the place. You would have five teams fighting for it, not one, five. That is insane. But no. We've got one and one driver. <laughs> That's the thing. Like F one yeah. is super close and competitive. It's just not at the front. Yeah, which is a shame. It's really not. And you, you, the thing is, you could tell the difference between Lando's McLaren and Oscar's McLaren. Yeah, well, considering was... considering Piastri's in like a five car scrap for like P sixteen at the end of the race. Yeah, unfortunately, so. Yeah, and uh, I do believe he was managing issues, but it was. Uh, and Piastri had damage early great. on as well. Yeah, uh, I had to change a wing, but yeah, that McLaren is very interesting going forward because there's more upgrades to come in Silverstone and uh, to do Hungary. So, yeah, I, th- I think Hungary is going to be the probably the race. I know that's an extreme sort as well on the low speed sti- side of things. Maybe not as much as it used to be. There's still there's not a ton of slow speed stuff. What you think? Like this is chicane. It's kind of it is more kind of mid speed, isn't it these days? Yeah, it's definitely more mid speed. It's literally turn one. And the chicane of the slow mm. things. But it. it will be an excellent indication of how that car reacts to downforce because that's the one thing they said they need to be adding is downforce on that McLaren. So I guess yeah. we'll see. Um, I guess we'll find out, I guess, how far they've come or how reflective their pace really is at Hungary when the weaknesses of that car are tested to the extreme. Definitely. So that, But I think their excellent result for P, obviously P4 after the penalties for Norris. Uh, overtaking Hamilton that was excellent driver of the day excellent stuff They, I think he will go very well at Silverstone this week I'm very excited for that prospect yes um, and Alpine should be very afraid because all of a sudden for how much of a competitive advantage they've had in the first oh gosh what, what round are we on 
10? Uh, let me quickly yeah, check. Not 10. Uh, for how much of the advantage they've had for all of this uh, season so far, the they're only... They're, 40, they're, they're 18 points ahead of McLaren and Norris took a big chunk today. Yeah. So, the P3 and P4 sort of cancelled each other out, really. Yeah, pretty much. In, in many ways, obviously, the one from Monaco. And but we'll see, let's see what Piastri does over the next week. This week, obviously, he's getting the up uh, the sub these upgrades from Austria in. I imagine he's yeah. he's just he's just going to be a race behind. Yeah, basically. But uh, exciting stuff from McLaren. Uh, excellent early returns. Let's see how long it lasts. Um, I'm looking at hungry more so to see how it stacks up against, and we'll find out for for real if if they're with the likes of. Mercedes, Ferrari, and Aston. Aston maybe a little bit might not be the fairest comparison that hungry because I think that probably will suit them maybe more so. But mm. let's see. It should be fun. Uh, of the weekend, who else would you? I'm actually going. I'm going to throw Haas in here, not for their race pace, not for their uh, Sunday race, but Hulkenberg's excellent Saturday is yeah. huge for them because it vaults them up. Well, not vaults, but it brings them up back up to seventh place on eleven points squeezing back ahead of Alfa Romeo and extending a little bit of the gap on Williams and given how bare points are for these teams that's that could be very big come the end of the season so excellent result for them uh, a big boost for them definitely and Hulkenberg is doing a great job like I again it's it is a, such a shame he's not got the car to fight and he knows he's got he's been in such great grid positions and he knows he's going to slide backwards it is such a shame they could have so much, so many more points. Um, he's done the business, like he, like he's put the car in a position to do something with on race day. Yeah, just not had it. Yeah, uh, and I don't think he would have got any points on Sunday either, and not helped by an engine failure or or some failure that he was the only retirement from the race as well. But uh, yeah, but a good bigger picture result for Haas, I will say. So that was good. Definitely. Uh, who else you have as a winner oh, yeah. of the weekend? Williams. Yeah. Just for the fact that they were actually in the mix and not just a fluky mix. Because even Sergeant was up there. Yeah. He was, he was, I say he was up there, but he was still on for his, he had his best result of the season. Definitely. Like, so the car has definitely improved because I believe Sergeant got the upgrades in Canada. He got the, can, the, up, yeah, the Canada upgrades that Albon had in Canada. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, P13, yeah. Yeah. You can't, can't knock it, really. Honestly, yep. insert the um, <laughs> what? Yeah, you know what the I mean. Eagles, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those eagles roar. Uh, yeah, like like he started obviously towards the back, and I, just, I thought a good thing for him would be to get into Q two. That did not happen, but hey, finishing Q two positions on the race day, so they did well. Yeah. Uh, I will say they should have done well here. This is yes, one of their better should've. tracks. So I think yeah, on a whole, definitely. they may be disappointed to not come away with a point. Again, Albon referenced that it should have come on Saturday more so than the Sunday. Because the thing definitely. that Albon talked about that we've mentioned in the podcast is basically when you've got the top four teams finishing all the points, that leaves two left over and Norris smashed it. And Gassis and uh, Albon saying then Pierre did a good job. And there you go. That, that's it. Like it's, it's just those two places yes, if no one else in the top four teams trips and they all made it there. So that's that's and that's why points are so precious. That's why Haas did. We should be very happy with with their weekend, I guess, result wise from the Saturday. Yeah, definitely. So this is very very tough. Uh, I don't really have a lot of winners, really. Like it's, 
like Aston Martin did well enough, I suppose. I I did think you, you can show them in there. They both scored points. They scored the points, and their protest worked. <laughs> yeah, it worked in their favour. So I would show them in there, but it's a it's on the verge of a mare for me. Yeah, look, I didn't think this would be one of the better tracks. I did think they were definitely uh, they. It's kind of I think it was as I kind of mentioned last week that like they the pace end of it may not be there, but the, their tire wear would probably be help would help them with on this, and it definitely seemed like. That, did at the end of that it, nudge, it definitely held a lot nudge Alonso towards the Norris and Hamilton scrap and the five second penalty yeah. for Hamilton in the race just uh, just got him the track position in the end but Alonso, a fifth place for Alonso I think is fine like uh, to finish ahead of a Ferrari and the two Mercedes that's fine for this track uh, this is not I didn't think this is going to be one of their better tracks and that seemed to be the case in qualifying it wasn't quite there as well Stroll got himself two points congratulations um, for that he got himself bumped up as well for the ghastly penalty as well so well done to him I guess uh, but where are they in the constructors actually where did that leave them uh, they did gain some ground they're only three points behind they actually to be honest actually their weekend was solid result wise comparatively they're three points behind Mercedes now that's that's a good result for them yeah they're, they closed that gap it was over I think it was 12 last week so good stuff for them uh, a bunch of mares in between Gasly actually you know, Gasly was fine like that good good weekend for him qualifying didn't really he was cut at another frustrated figure in qualifying but surprise surprise yeah shock but race was kind enough to him finished P9 on track P10 overall got him to a point outperformed his teammate so I think yeah. that's all he can really do uh, we'll, we'll, we'll try and shift Basically. through <laughs> uh, I've nothing to say Joe. about yeah, I've nothing really to say about the Astons. I don't know or the Alpha Males. I don't know how Joe managed him. I, well, well, I tell you how because uh, where is it? The penalty situation. Uh, Albon got himself ten seconds. Uh, Ocon got himself thirty seconds. Sergeant got himself ten seconds. Uh, there you go. That helped Joe up the, the field quite a bit. So his race was fine, but um, nothing really mattered. Better of the two Alphas. Yeah, well, Bottas was fourteenth. So. Or sorry, no, that's not. That was from qualifying. Bottas finished in fifteenth, uh, as involved with the scrap at the end. There's not. There was an almighty scrap between those Magnussen, Piastri, I think De Vries, uh, Bottas as well. <laughs> so that was that was a fun scrap at the end for P sixteen. Yeah, uh, yeah Hockenberg. Or sorry, Magnussen fell away at the end there. Uh, I don't really have. Oh God, De Vries was fine. This was a fine race, not a good race. A fine it was grand. Although, he may be becoming public enemy number one with Kevin Magnussen, though, after running him off the track at turn I'm six. He ran him off. <laughs> like, he was the overtaking car. It was like, he was going to be fine. Like, he had the pace. I just, yeah, it was a lot one. So, well done to him. Uh, I've nothing to say about Stroll or Hamilton or Russell, really. They made up places. Well, maybe not so in Hamilton's yeah. case. Mercedes just didn't get the sell right, I don't think. Yeah, Hamilton was complaining about his front end. What did you make? He was. Comp- I know he wasn't the only one, but he seemed to be. He was complaining an awful lot on the radio, so much so that Total Wolf came was over it? twice on the radio to say yeah, basically stick. Didn't, just didn't hear that. So basically, Bono first first told them, "FR looking at the tracks, we'll just get our head down and we could do what we do." Essentially, Wolf came over the radio twice saying, "I know the car," and he said, "I know the car is, uh, isn't good, but just keep going," and then basically said, basically. Basically, Hamilton just to get on the driving essentially. Um, when Hamilton's complaining about penalties again, so there was that. It is, and he didn't seem to like his 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 interview. His interview answers are very brief, even briefer than Lewis Hamilton's standards. So they, they were brief on 
the after the sprint quality he was not impressed yeah. like Hamilton generally speaking is quite brief anyway but yeah he does not want to do media unless it suits no. him no uh, speaking of I will actually say this speaking of somebody else who's very brief at media who actually was more I guess Strong. articulate yeah Lance Stroll uh, very heartfelt interview I thought yeah which it's speaking on uh, Diliano yeah, on the tragic passing of uh, Delano uh, Vant, uh, Vant Hoff uh, Frecke over the weekend in, in Belgium. Uh, but yeah, it was. there is a lot to be said about that, but it was... I won't be careful how I phrase this. It was nice to see Stroll care and be passionate yeah. about something because... He doesn't have that. He doesn't normal. show... A, he doesn't display a lot of passion, does Lance Stroll, speaking off the track and... His media stuff is deplorable, really. Like it's, 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 it's bare bones. It's lack of emotion. It's, it, it's, it's one of the things I that I don't enjoy about him. It makes I think composers well, why I people I don't think a lot of people enjoy Stroll. There's not a lot of personality. It was nice to see him speak on this subject and the emotion of it. I, I just yeah, I would like to see this kind of thing just more from Stroll. I think it would. I think it would do so much for him, for uh, like his his own image, even just to care. Have a personality, man. You know, like I, I, I liked, like I, you know, I, I just wish it wasn't this situation that brought, I guess, this out of him. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what else to say on the. I don't know how to do this now or. Uh, in a different point. When it comes to the situation at Spa, I guess what we're here. Um, Might as well do what we're here. Yeah, my thought on this is there's a few thoughts I have. First of all, I think there's, I think knee-jerk reactions aren't good. No. So in that case, we there's a lot we just don't know about the situation, about the nature and how it, it happened. Uh, yes, it was wet. I don't think it was unraceable. You don't. I think in wet Have conditions. Have you not seen it? I I saw the conditions. I think it's I think it's hard to. I I think around the track. It was ridiculous. I don't. I didn't think it was. I honestly didn't think watching the spray. I thought that corner is obviously very dangerous, blind. So maybe you could say that. But for the rest of the track, I don't know. I I I've seen worse conditions racing, honestly. You have, but that doesn't make it right. If the accident hadn't would happened, they, would people be like, were people saying that they shouldn't have been racing? I would have said yes. They shouldn't have been racing based on what had happened previously, where that Rachel cancelled off the, yeah. the same sort of relative scenario. You know what I mean? That's like, to me, that should be the standard. Like, if you can't see a certain distance in front of you, then the race should be postponed until you can see that. To me, aquaplane is going to happen, right? That's just how it is. That's it's an unfortunate thing, but and it's an unfortunate that it happened the way it did, and it unfortunately ended up with the tragic loss. But it, I, I don't think they should have been allowed to race, considering Frecker's car isn't as up to standard in terms of safety as, say, a Formula One car. It's it's just not quite the same. It's. They don't have the same level of protection in the actual monocoque, shall we say. It's To, to me, there needs to be a visibility minimum at certain points. Certain key areas of a track where you know it is prone to more spray than others 
and if them limits aren't reached, then they could they shouldn't be racing because it's just it's just asking for an accident when you can't see. That was going to be my point on this: is that maybe we need to rethink maybe wet conditions at Spa and what is raceable yeah. there. No, not for not for not for every track. It's, I would just say ones where rain is more apparent than others, i.e., Japan for F1, for example, or like you say, Belgium is one of the most common wet races we have. It it does need to to be sort of looked at in a more serious note because I I honestly don't think there is much more that sport can actually do in terms of altering the track yeah like i think i don't i disagree with notions that we need to change the corner i don't think that i think we need to change what conditions maybe are raced in for that maybe we need to wait longer than we would normally for a wet track so we can safely negotiate and have some yeah. visibility going up uh radion and rouge you could even you could you could go the old like the old old one where there's a wider entry and maybe scrub off some speed that way. Yeah, but I don't I don't think the solution is with the the track because they have made changes. You, do, you don't know the accident actually happened at Radion. Yeah, yeah, I know it's Radion. Yeah, no, it, it was like afterwards on the straight. Um, I, I unfortunately saw the start of it. Oh, see, we did like. Yeah, it was. Do you know how it sort of like kinks right as you're going onto the Kemmel Strait? Yeah, it was there. That's where it happened. See, see where the, it like sort of kicked off. It wasn't actually like a Rouge Radion that caused it. This is the this is the thing. Because um, the, the only accident we saw on this broadcast was Tramnitz going off. Um, mm. Everything after that, it was it, like we didn't see. Um, and so I assume you've seen fan footage. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah. Not all of it. I just saw the first like Tim go off and then yeah, where it sort of all kicked off. And see, then you see certain things and it's just yeah. Okay. I I think I was aware I think I was aware fan footage existed. The I chose not to look at it because I I didn't want to look at it. It was more like I said, I didn't actually see the actual crash. I saw Tim go off. I saw that. that. And then obviously the red flag was thrown after that for reasons we didn't yeah. know. Um, and the reason for like this is this is a this is a difficult one. But I watched I watched Spa 2019 live, and that's it. Hubert was my favorite young driver, more so than Mick Schumacher um, or anything. Like like when I say that, like at the time, like my mind it would have been easy. Like I would want. Like it was weird, like why did I want to root more for Michael Schumacher's son? Than, but I found myself warming to Hubert, and I loved Hubert. And that accident is is burned in my mind. Um, and the whole thing was horrible on so many levels. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I. I, I remember, I remember, uh, I broke down several times after. Like I, I the whole process was horrible. Um, it was dev, like it was honestly it was devastating. Like the whole process from becoming enamored with him and seeing him win in Monaco and the French flags waving and in France and all of that and the accident happened and 
you're looking for cars which were involved and I knew Hubert then ended up being one of them and then waiting on the day and then the news came that he had, that he'd actually died and it was and then obviously then going through all of that and then having to see it on drive to survive then afterwards the for the next year and it's it's burned in my mind and I've seen it and I I'm in a sense the the rain being there obviously I, we, again we don't know what the cause of the accident well, at least I don't know what the cause of the accident was and there'll be reports I'm, I'm I'm sure done um I'm just glad whatever accident took place we couldn't see it like we could who bears accident that day yeah it wasn't as televised um, God. because it's you know I'm sure if you want to look for it I'm sure you could find it but it's it is a beyond beyond horrible accident I just remember I think it was Correa's legs at the end of the monocoque as well it's just so yeah it's a it's a horrible situation for everyone to go through for like another driver another young forget, fuck that like it's it, another young person who's you know life has come and gone too soon um so i'm sure and obviously it's gonna be on everyone's minds with you know f1 coming up there soon in a few weeks um so they'll be lost yeah, this, this stuff will this it's like it's not gonna you know there'll be a lot of talk about it and um yeah there's there's i think i, I i'm a believer that good can come from bad situations but it's it's one that i think could have been prevented personally yeah just based on the conditions i saw where everyone deemed it unsafe to race with their level of cars being a lot safer than what frecker's cars are i know frecker aren't carrying as much speed as f1 but it's still i, I don't think what ties the Freco run? Is it Pirelli as well? I think it is Pirelli. Oh god! I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to mention that, but I'm yeah. pretty sure they run Pirelli. I, I wanted to say they did. Well, that doesn't help, does it? Um, no. And these wet wheel arches that are being trialed after the British Grand Prix. Um, I don't know how quickly they'll go filter if they do end up going on cars. If they'll how quickly they'll go through the junior categories with it as well. Um. I don't know if that's going to be the solution, though. I really don't. I think it will help, but the inherent problem is the tyre itself. Yeah. I, I, do, I just do think that it's going to cause more potential aquaplaning than anything, but we shall see, I guess. Obviously, I guess... it's been tested more than I know. Yeah. It's well, just a lot of water spraying up, is what I mean. Hell of a lot. Hmm. Well, it just changes the, traject- traject- the trajectory of it, doesn't it, at the end of the day? Yeah, I suppose. It's... It's just a situation we shouldn't even really be talking about because it shouldn't be happening regardless. I think. Yeah. Look again. There's a lot of there's a lot of things we don't know about this situation, the accident. Uh, so I guess there'll be reported into it, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm sure F1 it'll be on F1's mind, of course. They did to, they put did to put a chicane up there for '94, I think, after the whole Senna yeah. thing. So I don't think it'll be as extreme as that, but uh, I think no. I think F1 drivers and teams, I think, will want some some assurance of something maybe taking place but I, I, yeah, I think the important things that I've mentioned is that I, can, I just don't think knee-jerk reactions are helpful and uh, nor maybe solutions before we know I guess the facts and the situation 
maybe they come out and say yeah. maybe we shouldn't have been racing uh maybe we shouldn't have and maybe maybe the right if anything can come from maybe we just change how we look at things at spa and you know yeah just a different scenario altogether right? maybe we just say if it's not unless it's close to dry then maybe and visibility maybe uh you know maybe we don't maybe we don't maybe we where we would go racing in wreckage somewhere else maybe we just don't at spa until it's a little drier than it is usually yeah um that's my thought on that other than the uh yeah the, the uh, just a tragic loss um all around um but yeah it was nice to see straw passionate about that subject um yeah that's all i'll say about that uh should we move on to losers of the weekend uh just yes. just uh just keep it moving on the austrian grand prix uh, i will say perez recovered well but this qualifying stuff is uh needs to be addressed yeah it's um the fourth race in a row he hasn't made q3 what? yeah brilliant stuff and even the Horner was like, it shouldn't be like it, he has to keep it in the white lines. It's just as simple as that. Yeah. So it's kind of the, no worry that the, the first time kind of that Horner was a bit at Perez. Mm. And there was there, like and then, there, then there was chatter about Alex Albon and his future and Red Bull. And it's like, are we having this discussion again? Like Albon is absolutely fine where he is. We don't really be having replacement discussions. No, we don't. We really don't. No, we don't need to be. Now Perez needs to stump up his ideas of qualifying. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, no, definitely does. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But um, he recovered fine. It was grand, uh, fine recovery for him. I uh, lose the weekend. Uh, Alpine. I'm gonna throw Alpine as a loser the weekend. Um, just, I thought they were close, man. They were getting closer, and they've just been left scratching their ass really. Like, with, <laughs> To the what, what their pace, to the what their pace was really, and a weird one for Espan Ocon as well. So I don't know. That was a that was a weird one for them. Uh, Thirty seconds of pens, man. Their much larger concern is going to be McLaren and Definitely. Norris. So I, yeah, their form and McLaren's form of these next three races for the summer break are going to be fascinating because, yeah. Uh, heads could be rolling if they somehow manage to end up squandering if what should be a should have been a slam dunk fifth place in the constructors. Definitely would. So yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm fascinated. Fascinated to see what oh, they come up with. Mile. Yeah. Oof. Yeah, no, it will be. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a different 100%. discussion to be had if whether that be the right move or not. But he's again, like I know he's he's been so quiet, hasn't he? I feel like I haven't heard a peep from off my no, I guess maybe not. to say nothing might be the right thing. Uh, to, to, to do Alpha Tauri, just um, yeah, not a great try for them. No, uh, I just think as their their upgrades obviously came a little bit earlier, and I think as others have brought theirs forward, they've kind of been slid back to where they were kind of the start of the season. Yeah, pretty much. And probably the first weekend of the season, yeah, where Yuki's known probably a bit... This, this track has not gone well for him, and everyone has it. Just <laughs> hasn't gone well. No. So no, Just a little bit too keen at turn one, and then, yeah. Yeah. Lost his front wing, and that was sort of it. Yeah, the race was going backwards from there. He was a little exuberant into turn one there, I thought, to squeeze himself in there. Uh, who did he end up hitting? Was it, was Cass, one of the Yeah, one of the, one of the Alpines. And got some wing damage, and yeah. Kind of, to be fair, like in a sense, that was almost negated by the safety car. He was kind of back where he was. Yeah, and then just didn't have the pace after that, I believe. 
Yeah, and um, penalty. He was one of the ones I was pretty particularly victim to the uh, track limits penalty. So that, that was that. And uh, yeah, probably is, is well. He, it is his worst race of the season. But well, uh, again, let's. I'm hoping he bounces back and shows that that he needs, he needs to show Red Bull that these aren't like that. This is an anomaly because when yeah, we saw last year, once one bad result racked up, then the rest kind of around this time of the year quickly followed. They really did. So they really did. We've seen that before in the machinery, so I'm, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, but yeah, he certainly needs to be finishing ahead of Nick to freeze. That's for that's for sure. Uh, I have zero opinions on Alfa Romeo, uh, and other than that, I don't really have much else really. That's it. Very well, race race rating. Well, in fact, sprint race rating and then race rating. Race racing. Or sorry, sprint race sprint race racing. I'll give it an eight and a half, eight and a half nine. Yeah, I was going to give it a nine. The only thing missing was just some drama, some some drama at the top. Yeah, pretty much between Verstappen. That was really after it. after the first after the first lap. Should I say? Mm. Uh, Had everything else. And race racing, uh, six and a half. There was a point where it was actually very entertaining. The beginning part after the VSC and some strategy converging, and there was also some little dicing at the end. And uh, there was some penalty yeah. drama in between, but obviously no drama at the front. Uh, it did stabilise quite a bit, so I'll give it a six and a half. Yeah, I agree. So there we go. And we'll we'll wrap. We'll kind of talk about F two and F three once the actual Silverstone is done, uh, because yeah, I think... we do have a break week to catch up with. Yeah, because we're heading straight into it for Silverstone. Uh, F F two are an action Silverstone. F three. F two F three never action at Silverstone. They are an action, yeah. So. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so it's hectic. Uh, it's when they go, I think it's like Budapest and stuff when they uh, begin to split again, Spa, etc. Um, Crew up in the last four rounds of F3 already. Yay, and I still don't give a shit. I, get, I, I found a, the action was much better. You've watched them. You've, you've watched them. This is the first, I got to watch my first proper F, F3 race this season, so I was... It was okay. I thought this weekend. I thought it was very good, actually. The the action this weekend, F three, very very good. I thought this would be a perfect weekend to get on board more of them for you. I thought this would be a great one to do. Yeah, it, it, I, I think because my my whole thing of not being here at the weekends anymore, it sort of screws me on to being able to watch them. Unless I get up super early, and uh, my girlfriend would not be very happy if uh, I was putting alarm for eight o'clock. Mm. She would kill me, in fact. Actually, if I say that, but they're also in action at both Budapest and Spa. <laughs> So. Yeah, I was going to say, they definitely are. So it's always that. Monza that they end on, isn't mm. it? Uh, F3, yes. Uh, and F2 are going to... Yeah, it's, well, it's Monza, and then obviously three, almost three-month cap to, uh, <laughs> to Abu Dhabi. Uh, yeah, and the title could even be wrapped up by then. We'll, we'll talk about F2 and F3 next week. Uh, I do want to quickly... Before we preview the British Grand Prix, I do want to quickly mention... Uh, that uh, I had to laugh at the IndyCar podium, which is basically on a patio and some pallets. <laughs> oh, God. So fucking funny. Uh, yeah, that title's done, by the way. That's oh, yeah. Palo is winning. That's done. Uh, yeah. I'm sure you'll get to watch the IndyCar highlights, but it was, it was good fun. The... No, I won't. I no? wish I could. There is impossible to find on Sky. Uh, YouTube, I'll try, but... It's, it's surely on YouTube. Yeah, it's not the same. I don't enjoy the seven-minute highlight videos. I think there's longer ones than that. To be fair, I think they, I thought I saw fifteen-minute oh, ones. If I find oh, that, I'll link okay, you. Then. But uh, okay. I, have, I hate F1 highlight videos. They're shit. <laughs> it's no shit. It's uh, not everything. 
I'll see if I can find you. But uh, yeah, Palo is that's a that's a done deal. That's triple digits. I know there's more points on offer, but whew, four wins out of five should have won Indy five hundred. Yeah, domination. Now he was helped by uh, Herscher getting a drive-through penalty, and uh, there's a yeah. Uh, well, I didn't expect Rain Ray Hall to really put up a challenge at the front, but did what for the first stint. And then Pato then was immediately out in qualifying, so he started 25th. He recovered very well with minimal cautions, only at the start, where oh, some Swede-on-Swede violence man, Ericsson, ploughed into Rosenquist. <laughs> it was harsh. Um, but yeah, like just the, the rivals are nowhere, so Pelo just easily, easily uh, yeah, extended the gap. So yeah, that's pretty much a job done, I would say. Uh, right, British Company preview very quickly. Uh, I do. I know. I I know it's hope. I actually do expect to be a little bit more closer this this weekend. I do think Mercedes will be on it. Will that be enough? Yeah. I don't know. They'll be close. I think on Saturday it could be quite close. Mm. I don't think they'll be there on the Saturday. I think they'll be better on the race. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Obviously, they've got an upgrade coming for this track as well. So that, I think they're yeah, there is that actually. They're they're they are buoyed by that. And I think yeah, this track. I think like we saw last year, even with the other concept, high speed stuff is good for them. This was a good track for them last year. Circumstances at play, maybe they could and should have won last year. You could debate that. It probably went out the window with the safety car, but they were definitely in the hunt with a Hamilton hunting the uh, after the whole weird Ferrari thing last year. But uh, I think they'll go well here. Whether I. Whether that's a race win or simply double podium, I don't know. So we'll we see how they stack up against. It's gonna be a weird, unfair reflection because I I think this could be their best weekend of the season, and comparing that to an Aston or a Ferrari might not be fully representative. It sure wasn't last year because they went on to struggle after after uh, after this race last year. So I don't know, but I'm I'm interested to see what they'll do because I think they could be a, a threat to certainly the po- other podium places. Definitely. But then they'll be definitely more in the mix, or unless they've got it completely wrong. Mm. Yeah, well, well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, Ferrari, I'm interested, because they went well this track last year, of course. Uh, we'll see if that correlates at all with this year's car. I have no idea. It's just, I'm just so unknown. Did you see that you can't put it to this year with Ferrari? No. Nope. It's pointless. It is absolutely pointless. Aston, I don't... Same. Yeah, Aston, I feel like they... I was literally going to say same with Aston and Alpine. You literally can't tell. Alpine, I have no idea. Aston, I think... I don't know. I don't think this will suit them. No. Maybe not as much. Again, more high-speed stuff maybe isn't to their strength. Tyres could be, so they could find a way back in if there's any variant in strategy. Whether that's a one-stop, maybe not. But I think uh, I think they could be in the mix in that from that point of view. I think... I, I, well, do they have upgrades coming is the question. If they might... I can't remember if they've got mm. upgrades coming. If they do, then who knows... Because they one of their things is to try their, their one of their focuses is to try and improve their DRS efficiency, yeah, which would be useful around here. But we'll see. McLaren, absolutely fascinated by McLaren. They they and Mercedes, I think, are the key to a, a potentially explosive uh, British Grand Prix. Definitely Norris to mix it up with the Ferraris, Astons, etc. Mercedes maybe for the race win. Who knows podium places. So they're going to be fascinating. It's. I think it would be a good race regardless, even if Red Bull do piss off at the front, which I'm, yeah, probably expecting. But it doesn't mean they can't. You can't have a good race, and we, sh- you know, 
there's plenty of drama we saw last year of course as well um, be it from lap one or into the race we know this track we know this race it does produce fantastic stuff regardless of how competitive it is at the front so I think plenty of reasons to be excited about that oh, I'm really excited I love the British Grand Prix regardless it'll be fun it will be a lot of fun and do we think this is Nick DeVries' last race in F1 do you want to get that in there no. you think no. I do think it's a, certainly his last so. chance his yeah. very last chance in fact, I think this race decides his F1 future. Whether that it probably does. Whether yeah. that uh, well, I, I, I decides. I mean, it's I mean, it's kind of already set in stone, isn't it? But I think it decides whether he's out immediately or out at the summer, <laughs> perhaps. So there is that. Other than that, uh, Williams, I think we know are bringing another upgrade. So there is that. I do expect a lot of teams to be bringing. We do know this is a popular track to be bringing upgrades. For some teams, it will be their last major one of the season. Yeah, probably. So, interesting to see where the land lies with that. So, I'm excited to see Williams in action here, to be fair. And we know they're running a special livery. Mm, yes, they are, aren't they? Yes, of course. Forgot about that. So, I'm excited for that. I'm, I'm expecting 90s shades here. Mm. I'm expecting they'll dip into the 90s. Maybe even... Oh, actually, they could even go for a white for the 80s. Ooh. That could be fun. Definitely good, actually. Mm. Excited to see. So excited to see what they have up their sleeve for that. I'm trying to think what else is at play this weekend. I'm really not sure. Um, no. But yeah, I, I'm most excited for the McLaren aspect of things with Norris. See where Mercedes are in the mix. Are Ferrari back-ish? Well, we'll find out, I guess. Mm. Uh, good time of the year for science to be upturning in form, so... I'm interested to see if he can throw any cats amongst pigeons. I guess we'll I guess we'll see. But yeah, other than that, I mean, who's going to be getting P10? <laughs> Who knows? Me. Well, we'll see. See if you've got the pace of sun. Uh, we know there's going to be some off-track stuff as well. I assume there'll be more talk on the old 2026 stuff. We know the tyre blanket stuff is coming up. I we're, I we're expecting that that's going to be rejected uh, we've got the wheel arch stuff probably coming up as well maybe some 11th team stuff who even knows but I expect this will be a pretty action packed week on and off the track so thankfully you've got two weeks after this to uh, settle into that but if unless you have any other thoughts let's uh, it's going to be a weird weekend because uh, I'm actually going to be in the country <laughs> Yeah, there's a good chance we'll be watching some F2 and F3 live in person together probably yeah I imagine certainly qualifying uh, the race I have no idea <laughs> actually yeah we'll, we'll have to sort that out yeah I could be I could be in the same boat as you next week uh, looking at the uh, highlights <laughs> on the plane uh, I'm uh, maybe on the Sunday pretty fair I'm out on the Monday so hmm. we'll have to see anyway uh, predictions for the British Grand Prix what have we got what have we got? I'm going to go Max, Perez, Lewis, George, Charles, Carlos. Okay. Lando. Pretty uniform, actually. Very mm. uniform, in fact. Okay. I will go for... Do, 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 for uh, yeah. Verstappen, Hamilton, Norris... 
Russell, Sainz, Leclerc, Alonso, Stroll, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't think Aston will be strong here, uh, comparatively speaking. No, I don't. Um, That's why I didn't include him. Maybe they'll... I, I think there's a great chance they'll finish ahead of, of a Ferrari. They'll, they'll, they'll finish in front of a Ferrari or a Mercedes. Yeah. I, Alonso will. Russell, we need to talk... I think it's a larger discussion we have about Russell's... No, I don't want to say struggles, but he's definitely not at the same pace as Hamilton this year with this car. Mm. It's definitely yeah, lacking something. He's been... You say that, but he, he got robbed of a podium. So there was that. Not, I'm, I'm not just basing that off Australia, though. Like, it's not an artist. Sorry, I'm not just basing that on the standings. It, it's been pretty comprehensive that he's been you know, second best between himself and Hamilton this year. Yeah, true. So, I think that'll be where ref- wins with Silverstone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that'll be reflective because I think if we saw Norris take it to Hamilton this week in uh, Austria, then I certainly think that he can. If that if that McLaren is as good as it can be, possibly in high speed stuff at Silverstone, then I think there's certainly a case to be made that Norris, uh, who is you know in a very good place with his driving, that he could certainly and Russell kind of struggling somewhat, not a lot, but somewhat that. Mm. It wouldn't surprise me if Norris finished ahead of, of Russell. Um, we've just seen it happen with these finishes. He finished ahead of both of them on Merit in Austria. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I'm, cu- I'm It does obviously. I'm curious about Piastri and how he gets on with the upgrades. Yeah, there is that. I forgot about that. Mm. Uh, and obviously, we've obviously, of course, there's more coming on that McLaren for this weekend as well. Mm. A lot of teams look. It, it's hard to say because there was so little time to test upgrades that came in Austria with the with the one practice session before Park for May opened, or rather closed. Uh, so having a norm of three practice sessions, a lot of test time. There's going to be a lot of emphasis on testing, and you know, I, I imagine you see a lot of flow vis and uh, etc. on the cars in practice to not just make up for Austria, but obviously to uh, for whatever comes on the car system as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's. I think that about do it. In terms of a podcast next week, I I would say I'm Monday. not sure whether to expect it on a Tuesday or mm, Monday yeah, as normal. Tuesday. Because uh, I will be in the UK, and I've no idea how my Sunday afternoon looks, and so I, I well, I'm pretty opt- I'm pretty sure I won't be able to watch the race live. I'm certain about that. And, yeah, I'm also in the same boat. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Um, Unfortunately. So and yeah, so I'm yeah, and I so I, I imagine probably I'm not back home until until well well I know I'm not back home until Monday morning. So yeah, I'd so I'd say for now expect a Tuesday podcast for uh, yeah for next week. But uh, I guess like anything, it's uh, TBD. So just heads up on that. But yeah, anything else to add on uh, anything in motorsport anywhere? No, not really. I think we need, no, no one there. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen any. We'll see if anyone there uh, protests the Aston Martin protest of <laughs> the Austrian Grand Prix results. Seems like nothing. Everyone surprised me. No. Alpine are involved, aren't they? So put it fucking past them. Yeah. <laughs> no tree on pen and paper, but you can see it. But they broke track limits, but whatever. Probably say that the ink's Ryan or some line or something like that. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, yeah, that's good to do for this position of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast. I've been Graham. I've been the, t- the sensor for track limits at turn 9 and turn 10 of the Austrian Grand Prix. You'd be replacing after 1,200 oh, leaps, I imagine. 
And, uh, and uh, we'll fill you with gravel <laughs> during the week. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye.